0: Welcome to day four of our look through the book of Nehemiah, week one. We're looking at these ways you and I can face the issues in our life where we need to rebuild, we need to be re-energized, and find God's strength, find God's power. First step Nehemiah is teaching us is the reaction step. How do you react to a problem? And he's teaching us to mourn and to fast and to pray. Now, when I have a problem, sometimes the first thing I do is just pray a quick prayer, God solve it, and go on. And there's nothing wrong with that prayer, obviously, except for the fact that I'm short-circuiting part of the process. And because of that, I may not see the growth that should be happening in my life. I might not be able to see past the problem in my life. Nehemiah, the third thing he does is pray. Before he prays, he just takes time to mourn, to be sad in God's presence. Not to say anything, but just to sit in God's presence and to mourn the loss. And then he just takes time to fast to focus his attention on God and who God is. And in the midst of that, it leads to a place where he can pray. And what a prayer he prays. Nehemiah gives us a model of the type of prayer that helps you to recognize God's opportunities in the midst of your problems. Now, let's just walk through this prayer very quickly. Just hit the high points so of what you and I can learn from it. What kind of prayer helps us to see God's opportunities in the midst of our problems? Well, number one, It is the prayer that recognizes who God really is. In verse 5, chapter 1, Then Nehemiah said, O Lord, God of heaven, the great and awesome God, who keeps his covenant of love with those who love him and obey his commands, let your ear be attentive and your eyes open to hear the prayer your servant is praying before you, day and night for your servants, the people of Israel. Nehemiah prays and he says, You are a great and awesome God. When you pray in the midst of a problem, recognize that God is all-powerful. This is not a matter of God's power, what God can or cannot do. God is all-powerful. This God that Nehemiah is praying to, the God he has served all his life, he says, you are a God who keeps your covenant of love. God is all-powerful and God is also faithful. He keeps his promises. He's a God you can count on to keep his promises. I know, you're thinking I'm facing problems. How could it be a God who keeps his promises? Well, God never promised us no problems in this world. Well, maybe some teacher did. Maybe you promised it to yourself somehow. God promised us hope in the midst of problems. God promised us deliverance from all of our problems. He never promised he would not have problems. In fact, the opposite. He promised that we would. He told us clearly we're going to face problems in this world, but he'd be with us through them. And through those problems, he will keep us coming out of love. And then he says, let your ear be attentive, your eyes open. God is aware of your need. His eyes are wide open. His ears are hearing everything. He knows exactly what you're going through. You don't have to inform God of the problem that you're facing, but you do need to depend on God in the midst of that problem. It's the kind of prayer that strengthens you to see the opportunity for faith in the midst of a problem. It's the prayer that recognizes who God really is, number one. Number two, it's the prayer that recognizes who you really are. Nehemiah keeps praying, and he prays in the last half of verse 6, I confess the sins we Israelites, including myself and my father's house, have committed against you. We have acted very wickedly towards you. We have not obeyed the commands, decrees, and laws that you gave your servant Moses. Nehemiah is just honest here. He says, I confess our sins. I confess that we've acted wickedly. We've not obeyed. And then he gets very specific. He says, including me, including my father's house. It wasn't just other people, God. It wasn't just the nation. I see it in my own life. Problems are in this world because of who we as human beings are, not because of who God is. We brought them in in the first place through Adam and Eve and the sin that happened in the Garden of Eden, and we're still bringing those problems into life today. And admitting that is sometimes the key to breaking through the problem to a place where you can have faith in your life. I know you look at the problem and you say, but but it wasn't my fault this time. And maybe it wasn't. But think of the number of times when it was your fault and you didn't face any retribution for it. You got off scot-free. Nobody even knows about it. If you evened it all out, the truth of the matter is you probably escaped more retribution than you've had to endure in your life. And on a broader level, we all have sin in our hearts. We all have selfishness in our lives. We all have wickedness that we're dealing with. We see it sometimes. Sometimes we don't see it. It's refreshing sometimes just to sit in God's presence and say, I know some of the evil that's in my life. I don't see all the selfishness. Thank you for loving me. I confess what I do know. That's the kind of prayer that sees God working in your life, even in the midst of a problem. Not trying to prove you don't deserve it, but recognizing that God's grace is what you don't deserve. Third thing Nehemiah teaches us. It is the kind of prayer this is extremely important, that calls upon the promises of God. If you want to have faith in the midst of your problems, you've got to call on the promises of God. That's what Nehemiah teaches us to do here. In verse 8, remember the instruction you gave your servant Moses saying, if you are unfaithful, I will scatter you among the nations. But if you return to me and obey my commands, then even if your exiled people are at the farthest horizon I will gather them from there and bring them to the place I have chosen as a dwelling for my name. They are your servants and your people, whom you redeemed by your great strength and your mighty hand. Nehemiah finds a specific promise for his situation from the Old Testament, and he says, God, here it is. You promised, even if the people are exiled, and they are right now, you'll gather them if we'll return to you. When you realize that you cannot depend on your circumstances, there's a great opportunity in that. The truth is, you could never depend on your circumstances. It just seems that way sometimes when our circumstances are going well. When you realize you can't depend on your circumstances, the great opportunity is to remind yourself that you do depend on God's promises and to renew your hope in those promises. And then you do what Nehemiah did. This is the important step. You look for a specific promise to trust through that problem that you're facing. Now, how do you find it? I mean, is there some number you can call or some website that you can go to? Well, maybe you can do a search on the web and find it that way. But I found it usually doesn't happen that way. God usually takes me through a process of searching. It might be through Bible reading and I just come across a verse. Wow. That's how I came across this verse in Nehemiah that was so important to me, to our church so many years ago when we went through that flood. We, his servants, will start rebuilding. I just was, happened to be reading the book of Nehemiah and bam, there it was in searching, God gave me that treasure. It could be through Bible study. It could be through listening to a message. It could be talking to another believer and they share this verse. God will usually take you through a process of searching for it. And then when you find it, it's like this treasure that you found. Now you can start that right now. You can pray right now. Lord, what promise, what specific promise do you have for me in the midst of this problem that I'm facing? You search for that promise in your life. That God has for that problem that you're facing. That's the kind of prayer that makes a difference when you're facing a problem. That's the kind of prayer that takes you to faith. And then there's the fourth thing that Nehemiah teaches us, the final thing. It is the kind of prayer that calls for specific help. Nehemiah O oh Lord, let your ear be attentive to the prayer of this your servant, and the prayer of your servants who delight in revering your name. Give your servant success today by granting him favor in the presence of this man." Nehemiah is about to go in and make a request of the king. And so he asks specifically for success in this request. Now, notice it's a prayer with a schedule. He says, Give me success today, not someday when I go in. I'm going in today, God. So I'm asking for success today. And it's a prayer with a plan. Grant me favor in the presence of this man. This is what I need, God. This is practically what I need. So, you in your life, How are you going to use these four faith lessons from Nehemiah to talk to God about a problem that you're facing this week? Let Nehemiah's model help you to learn to pray in the midst of a problem. Offer God praise in the midst of that problem that you're facing right now. You might right now pray something like this. Lord, although this problem looks overwhelming right now, I recognize that you're the one who's truly overwhelming. You are a great and awesome God. And Father, I know that you know exactly what I'm going through and that you care about my hurt. So keep me aware of your unfailing love, of the fact that you are patiently and faithfully working out your plan in my life. In spite of this problem, and even using this problem, you are working for your best in my life. You begin by offering praise to God in the midst of the problem. You ask yourself, is there a sin that I need to confess that's brought about this problem? Or maybe not directly brought about this problem, but the fact that I'm going through it reminds me I'm not really up on things with my recognition of the selfishness, the sins that I have in my life before God. Is there a sin that you need to confess? I'm not asking if you're perfect. I'm asking, have you confessed that sin before God? And then number three, find a promise that you can write down, a promise from the Bible that God gives you as you face this problem. Begin that search right now. Maybe God has given you the treasure of bringing it to your mind immediately, right now as I'm talking about it. If not, search for that promise. And then finally, what practical request do you need to make to God as you face this problem? A request that has a time, that has a plan. God, here's where I need your help. Here's when I need your help. That's the kind of prayer that changes everything. Now, join us tomorrow. We're going to begin a look at the next step that Nehemiah teaches us to take, the initiation step.